Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Moorcrofts Means Business podcast. Those of you who don't know, Moorcrofts are a law firm based in the Thames Valley, and we specialise in advising clients on corporate matters, commercial and technology, commercial property and employment law. My name is Matt Jenkin. I'm the partner who looks after the employment team at Moorcrofts, advising on all things employment law. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to have difficult conversations and give effective feedback within the employment context. And in my experience, actually, lots of employers and lots of managers, I think, struggle with this. So I think it's a great topic to actually have a look at in a bit more depth. It's great to be joined by Jennifer Blackburn to discuss this. Jennifer's from JB People Solutions. She helps develop and improve employees and their teams and looks at interpersonal skills and how those can be improved. And Jennifer, I know, provides that skills training via virtual and face-to-face sessions. So I know I know Jennifer's been busy with that. There's got some great material on her site, and I'll make sure I include a link to her site and her details in the show notes. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thanks, Matt, for having me today. No, no problems at all. So in terms of difficult conversations and defective feedback, I know we may think it's obvious, but can you think of some examples of when managers and employers need to give effective feedback? Well, for me, I think that... Managers should be giving effective feedback all the time. Yes, there's a place for it within appraisals or if you're having one-to-one meetings on a monthly basis. But actually, you know, if you see something on a daily basis that you see somebody do, you should be nipping things in the bud and giving that person a feedback on what was good or what wasn't so good. Because one you may forget it so therefore you're never going to remember it when you come to your meeting with them and two it's kind of dragging things back you know from the past whereas if you see something at that moment that you really think should be challenged and discussed it's it's nipping it in the bud and and talking about it then so you should give feedback to people all the time and that's also not necessarily something needs to be constructive they may have done really well at something So if they've done really well at something, why not tell them at that point in time? Because then they understand, you know, what's required within their working and that they've got some really good feedback and to continue doing what they did. I think it's it's a really interesting point that you make there. A couple of things just pick up on one that it should be kind of continuous feedback. I think some managers think, you know, you have to put a date in the diary to do that. And that's not the case. And I agree with you. I think it should be as and when it's necessary. And also that you should give positive feedback as well, because I think sometimes managers can forget that can be powerful and have an impact. And it's not just about, you know, as you say, raising issues perhaps with them, but when someone's done a really good job is recognising they've done a really good job. Yeah. And it's also about you can do it individually with them. The way you dealt with that conversation was really good with that customer Or you could do it in front of other team members because then that shows other team members what is required and what is good within their work. And therefore, they then think, okay, well, I understand the level and the standards that are required and they kind of get it a bit more. Yes, I think it's perhaps, yeah, you can use that as an example, kind of setting what the standards are and people can kind of learn from that. I think that's a a really good suggestion. And if managers aren't giving effective feedback if employees aren't being given that feedback what sort of in your experience problems develop lots really I mean first of all standards tend to go down so if you're talking about something specifically maybe how they've dealt with the customer or how how their work standards should be better then you know if you don't nip these things in the bud then that standard of work goes down 
And again, it's back to if they're working in a team environment, it means the whole team just looks at somebody and thinks, well, they're not being picked up on their work, so why should I bother? And therefore, motivation reduces. So that person isn't particularly, you know, nobody's particularly motivated because the, man the manager or the person leading the team doesn't do much. They don't pick up on the things that are re required and therefore the standards just eventually slip and slip and slip. So it's really important to, to give people feedback at that moment in time. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, it probably goes back to, to what you were saying about, about nipping it in the bud, because time and time again, particularly when I'm asked to deal with advice on performance issues, you'll ask managers, well, have you discussed your performance concerns with the employee? And they'll say no. And actually, yeah. that, that then becomes not difficult to deal with but it means that at some stage you've got to start having that conversation yeah, so yeah. i think i think sometimes it can be if you delay it you're just delaying the inevitable and making it a conversation more difficult yeah i mean i used to have conversations with the managers i work with and and they'd say to me that person's useless or that person it doesn't do what they should be doing and i'd say to them one first of all what should they be doing and sometimes they'd say i don't really know what they do what they're not doing I, I can't really put my finger on it and that's when you really as the the leader and the manager got to really focus on what's wrong you know is it that they're not capable of their job is it they're not competent those are two different things but is it more about their attitude if we go back to serving customers which is an obvious one you can have the greatest person who's really capable at competence at serving you but if they don't have the desire to serve you in a great way then that service is just rubbish isn't it and equally you can have it the other way around where you can have somebody really enthusiastic and great but actually you don't get what you've asked for because they haven't been capable or competent of of taking on the instructions you've given them. So with managers, I have found that they do say, yeah, but that, that person's just not very good. And if you find yourself saying that about somebody, you've got to think, well, what aren't they good at? It's really, you've got to be quite specific of what they're not good at. So performance related could be that they uh, never finish a sale or they never complete a sale. Well, why aren't they doing that? Is it because they're too nice or is it because they don't know how to do it? And that's where you, you really have to have those conversations. And therefore, you're not then within the, within the realms of talking to you and saying help. You know, absolutely. I think a lot of the performance issues where I'm involved on advising clients at some stage, you can put it down to the fact that these issues haven't been raised and certainly raised at an early stage. And actually, yeah. in some ways, having to start a formal performance management process is really the kind of end of it rather than the yeah. start of the process because yeah. the process should have started a, a, a long time ago. I think the last bit on that point is that people say, yeah, but that person's always done that. So say it's something simple, like they always come in 10 minutes late and yeah, yeah but they've been doing it for ages and nobody's ever picked up on it. Well, it's really hard to have that conversation because the person's going to say, well, I always come in at that time or, you know, I always do it like that. And the answer is, well, yes, maybe you have been, but nobody's talked to you about it. I'm talking to you about it today. Let's draw a line in the sand and let's move forward. And this is what I expect going forward. So that's how you would frame that conversation. If somebody says, I've always done it like that. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's a really good tip for, for, for anyone who's listening about how to start having particular conversations yeah. with employees that, yes, it can be difficult, but there has to be a starting point and yeah. not having the conversation 
isn't isn't the right approach i don't know it's a topic we've discussed before as well is ourselves is that a lot of this is about managers sometimes feeling that the conversations they're about to have with an employee are going to be difficult because for example as you've just said they're going to be talking to an employee about an issue that the employee has been doing for a period of time that no one's really picked up with them but they've now got to address it with and i think managers struggle I think or a lot of managers struggle with those difficult conversations or what they perceive will be difficult conversations do you see that in terms of your work managers team leaders just struggle sometimes with difficult conversations yes I think they do because we're all people so we like to be liked don't we but if you're in the manager role your role is to uh, lead the team to ensure the team are performing the best that they can and to be a role a role model for them so by, by not having conversations, you're not being a great role model because the likelihood is other team members and people who work within that team or that organisation will pick up on these things and think, well, Johnny over there, he doesn't get spoken to about that or, you know, he always does it that way. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to start it because that season, it seems an easy option to me. And it is really hard starting a difficult conversation, but what I always suggest is do, to prepare for it and people have managers said to me, yeah, but if you prepare for it, that means you're kind of ready and, you know, you're almost like you're going to attack the person and you're ready for it. Well, I, if, you, if you know it's going to be difficult, I don't, I don't see why you shouldn't make bullet points because isn't that saying to the person, I'm taking this conversation with a great deal of importance. I think this is an important conversation to have. And therefore, I've written some bullet points because I want to make sure I get them all, all across to you rather than going into having a difficult conversation being completely unprepared because that just looks like that you're not very professional and that you haven't really thought through how you're going to discuss that because the person you're talking to may have no inkling that you're going to talk to them about that at all so I don't I don't see that preparing not doing notes and sheets of paper but a few bullet points about what you want to talk about and the specifics means it it keeps that conversation to those points and it doesn't start expanding into a conversation that just runs out of control. Does that make I, sense? That, that does make sense. And I, I would agree with that. I don't think, I think managers should p- prepare for these meetings. I agree with you. I don't think it's about producing a dossier. No. It's about understanding what it is you want to talk to them about. If you're dealing with performance concerns, what are those performance concerns? And actually, yeah. what do you want the end result of the meeting to be because yeah. I, I don't know if you find this sometimes my experience is that managers may raise concerns but then people come out of the meeting with a completely different view as to what was agreed yeah. um, and yeah. sometimes that's because I think people haven't really thought about what it is they want the end result yeah. to be or they're nervous about getting to the actual crux of the situation so you kind of start the conversation and you know where it needs to go, but you kind of give up and you think, oh, no, I can't step over that line to say that bit because that really will be a really difficult conversation. But what I'm saying is keep it specific. So if there is something specific you need to speak to somebody about, to do that one thing. Don't have a list of 20 things that you need to speak to them about because one, you're going to be there forever and two, they're never going to remember them anyway. And my other tip is also make sure that it's something that you've seen, your observations, so that makes it objective, not what somebody else has told you about. So so so-and-so always does this. Make sure that you've seen it because then you can really give them that feedback because people, when they get feedback, for some people and a lot of people, they become defensive. 
So if it's something that you haven't seen and they say, well, no, I never do that. You can actually give the example and say, well, yes, I saw you do it the other day or I heard you do it. So therefore it becomes less of a he said that you said that conversation yeah i think a couple of points you really interesting that you raised there first of all one of the one of the common issues that i see is managers not giving enough time to it so as you say kind of bundling it together with a a more general conversation i think if you're going to have what is going to be a difficult conversation and recognizing as you say that employees people you don't like no one likes to be criticized no one likes to be told they're not doing as good a job as perhaps they thought they were doing put the time aside in your diary to actually have that conversation and not be distracted by anything else yeah. because yeah. I think that can be a, that can be a huge issue and also as you say not really being able to come up with any examples I think that again goes back to preparing for it doesn't it be very yeah. clear on what those concerns are yeah. rather than just well, got a general, you know, you're not very good. That's not going to help anyone. It's certainly not going to help people improve. Also, it removes the emotion a bit because, Mm. you know, you could be giving feedback to somebody and they could be quite emotional about the fact that they're not having great feedback. So by making it completely objective and about something you've seen, something that they need to do and being clear on it means there's no emotion attached to it i would agree on that and i think i might know what your answer on this may be but (laughs) what part do you think training can play in this because one of the issues that i sometimes see with managers and particularly new managers is they're promoted because they're really good at the job that they do and they might get some training but they don't get kind of what some people call this kind of soft skills training do they and for a lot of people no one actually sat down with them and said look this is actually some tips and some tools that you'll need to utilize if you if you do have these conversations obviously clients contact you because they want the training but can that be an issue sometimes yes yeah I mean the the training is the big side because people look at soft skills and say oh yeah yeah I've got you know I've got that I've got that and it and maybe thinking I don't really know what that means but within the training if I'm doing training on managing performance then what we do is we look at things like this and my training is all about the practical skills you know what you're going to do when you're sitting with a member of staff and so give a model of the way that you can do it and then we go and practice it so people do it and practice it and either come up with their own scenarios that they've come across and believe me there are some really great ones out there that everybody's come across or I give them a scenario and say how would you have that difficult conversation and give that feedback and you do it in a in as much as a real life setting as you can because of course nothing can be because you're training but sitting opposite somebody and doing it face to face at least it gives you an idea of, of what it's like and you've kind of done it then before you go and do it with your team if you're a new manager so it really really helps the practical yeah, no. side yeah, that's one of the things that I think organisations can really look at is yeah. when people are particularly moving into new roles and moving into management roles is what skills they need apart from the fact they were very good at their job and got promoted. And I think sometimes we need to we need to look at the skills package that's on offer for them. Also, in terms of kind of effective feedback, what have you got any tips on kind of how managers should follow up once they've given feedback? Should it be in writing or should there be regular check-in sessions? So you've had that difficult conversation how can you make that effective in terms of follow-up I think that you should put it in writing clearly stating what has been discussed and also what you expect that person to do so I use a framework as we're talking about within the, the sessions that I do which is called AID AID A is for action so you speak to the person and you tell them the action you observed 
that you need to give them feedback on. I is for impact, which is this emotional thing, the impact it had on you, not the impact it had on everybody else in the team, but what impact that had on you as a person and as a manager, as a leader, what impact that was. And then D for do is what they should do in the future. And that's where you pick that review up. So you're saying to them, this is what you should be doing in the future. Do you understand it? You put it within an email or however your company works. And then you make sure you put a review date on it. So you might have a one-to-one in a month and then discuss it again. Because once you start discussing the issue, it's easier then to have another conversation over it. And then you review it. And if you've put a date in and say, I'm going to review it on that date, you do it. The biggest trap is, not ever to talk about it again or to forget your you as the manager are, are you know one of your really important elements is to remember and if you've put review in for somebody you you do do that and you follow up with it because otherwise you've kind of missed the boat really the whole point of you doing this is to give this person feedback if you then don't review it when you say you're going to review it you're falling into all sorts of traps then I agree with you. I think it's one of my issues that I'll pick up when I'm dealing with these sort of performance advice matters is that someone will started off on the process, but then it's just kind of lost a little bit of momentum. And I think for employees as well, if you're going to say you're going to review something with them, it's kind of hanging for some employees that'll be hanging over them. They'll see that as quite an important date. And if it just sort of passes without any comment or review, I think that can impact negatively on an employee because They're being told, look, this is this is important enough for us to have had a conversation about, but not so important enough for us to follow up on. So yeah. I think I think action, I think, is key. And actually diarising, making sure those meetings take place is going to be a key issue. But also, if that person has really improved beyond the point that you ever believe that they would would do so, that review then allows you to give them great feedback and say, you know, we have that discussion. And we put these things in place and you've done really well. You've done really well. So, you know, let's celebrate the fact that you have. I think that's a really good point to make is that it's certainly on performance issues. You're having these conversations because you want people to improve. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't want them to continue to, to have the issues that have caused the conversation in the first place. And yeah. when people do hit those standards, they should be congratulated on yeah. it. And I think some employers miss that point. Are there any other are there any other tips that you would give for, for effective feedback and difficult conversations? So we've had the idea of preparing for the meeting making sure there's a structure to that meeting with your with with your bullet points and then making sure there's some action also some training perhaps for the managers before they have the conversations do you see any other things that you regularly come across in your training where where you're talking to your clients about about this i think the biggest one is review people don't do that but i think it's also about listening to the feedback i mean you can prepare all you like for a conversation that you're going to have with that member of staff but actually you don't know how that conversation is going to go until you start having it so if for example somebody come, becomes really defensive and even if you've given the explanations and the examples that you've got If they are still really, really defensive, it's okay just to say, okay, I think we need to stop this conversation now, have a bit of a regroup, and we'll come back and discuss it on another day or, uh, and again, follow that up. Because people do get very defensive, particularly if they've heard the feedback for the first time. So giving a bit of a cool down might be an idea. And then meeting with them again, because then one, they're going to be calmer, there's less emotion. 
and two, you'll be able to get your point across a little bit better because they have calmed down and thought about, well, maybe they thought, oh, okay, they've got a good point here. Maybe I'm being too defensive. So that's always a good thing. If, if you feel that you need to diffuse the conversation, you as the manager, it, it's you to do, not for, not for them to storm out or something like that. It's you to be in control of that conversation. So to recognise if perhaps the sensible solution would just be put a pause yes. on the discussion, allow yeah. them to reflect on what being yeah. told and then come back. I think that's a really good suggestion. I think although we, we want to plan these things, it's still having the flexibility to kind of decide, well, actually, you we need to pause this. There's no point just pushing through if they're not listening to what we want to tell them. Yeah, because their reflection may include going home and talking to somebody mm. who then says, well, actually, yeah, you can be a bit like that. Talking to tea, other team members, if they get on well with somebody, they may say, well, yeah, do you know, you, you can be a bit like that. So that reflection might mean when they come back for you to talk to them, they're actually in a more positive mood to accept that feedback. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good, a really good suggestion is building that kind of pause in if you need it. Excellent. And as we say, the whole point of this is that you're managing their performance to try and be the best performing team you can be. So you need to have these conversations. You're not doing it just because you fancy doing it and it seems a good thing to do on a Tuesday morning. And I would echo that, Jennifer, is that if you're doing it as a tick box exercise because you're trying to get to the end and, and say ultimately be able to dismiss someone because they're not performing, you're approaching it in the wrong way. You should be approaching these discussions on the basis you want people to improve. And if you don't, it clearly looks like that. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah, because you need to get that feedback from them because there may be a particular reason why they're, why they're doing what they're doing or not doing what they're doing. So it's yeah, a two-way street, isn't it? I think that's really good being prepared to listen because it's not just necessarily an employee saying, well, I disagree. It may be saying, well, actually, yeah, I agree. But the reason why I'm, I'm not doing this is because you haven't given me the skills and the input that I need. I think employers need to listen to that sort of feedback because it, it can be difficult for them to hear as well. But I think yeah. it, it's about, as you say, being being willing to listen as part of that process. And if you're not, as I say, it just looks like you're determined. You, you're just trying to get to the end of the process. You're not really trying to get the improvement. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, thank you for that. I'm sure that's given everyone listening lots of tips on effective feedback and difficult conversations and hopefully people can improve and as I say I'll put, put Jennifer's contact details down below in the notes so I'm sure people will follow up with you hopefully some interesting training and and, and looking at how they actually can improve this with their organizations lovely thank you it's been great thank you